We are going to be learning Lekutei Sichis Parshas Vayeshev, Chelek Tazvab, the first Sicha, and we're going to be using the translation into Lashon Kaidesh. Sif Aleph, Smichas HaParshas Ben Parshas Vayeshev, Shabab Maschil B'Lashon Rashi, Sipar Yeshuve Yaakov, Yeshuve Tadlaisev, Uben Siem Parshas Vayishlach, Uboi Sipar, Yeshuve Esav Tadlaisev, Ad Malchei Edim, Alufa Esav Shlachrem, he says the putting together the smichas, the conjunction of the parshas, of parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev begins, as Rashi tells us, with the events of Yaakov's life and his children's life. And the end of parshas Vayishlach over there tells us the events of Esav and also his children, until it reaches the period of time where they discusses the kings of Edom and also the chieftains of, of Esav, which happened, uh, which the chieftains was a later period in time. So there's a connection. So there is definitely a connection between the end of last week's parsha, which talks about Esav and what happened to him and his kids, and our parsha, which speaks about Yaakov and his children. So Muveres b'divrei Chazal aidei Masha. The Chazal explained the connection to a mashal. Mashal l'malach shahayuloi margolis mishlachas b'teich ha'achvar u'b'teich ha'tzruis. It's a, a parable of a king that had pearls thrown in and mixed with dirt and amongst pebbles. And the king needed to search through the dirt and the pebbles to remove the pearls which are within them. And when the king reaches the pearls, he leaves the dirt and the pebbles and he gets involved and busies himself with the pearls. Similarly, in our situation, it's impossible to speak about the events of Yaakov's life unless it first speaks about, even in a very short way, regarding the events of Esav and his children. So it's so that, that type of idea that we have, Yaakov's the pearl, Esav and his descendants is the dirt and the pebbles, but in order to since it's all mixed together, in order to reach Yaakov, we first need to uh, separate Esav and his, uh, what happened to him and separate that into a separate uh, category. And then when we reach Yaakov, we're able to be misasik in the pearls and discuss Yaakov's life in a much lengthier way and busy ourselves with it. We find a similar idea as the Medrash brings over here that there were ten generations from Adam and Nayach and another ten generations from Nayach and Ram. That the Torah speaks about these ten generations in one shot without any Yerichus. It goes like he gave birth to him, he gave birth to him, how long they lived, like two, three psukim about each one. The pearl, which is Avram Yitzchak Biyakov, then it begins to discuss the Avais with a much more Rikas. But Lachaira, the Rav asks a very good question. He says the Mashal doesn't fit with our situation. He says the two examples that the Medrash gives from Adam until Nayach, and then from Adam from Nayach until Avram, there were many generations 
between Noyach, Adam and Noyach, and also between Noyach and Avram. So the Torah needed to mention it because we need to know how we eventually got to Avram. We need to be Mesasig in all these generations. Okay, what happened from Noyach until him? So it goes through generation to generation. Ah, until finally we, 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 we hop onto Avram, you know, and then we can start getting involved in it. Just like the mashal, the pearl is hidden within the dirt. Therefore, you need to search through the dirt until you're able to find the pearls. Right? Same, exactly the same idea with those ten generations. We have Nayach, and we know at some later point there's going to be the the Avis. But how do we get to the Avis? So we have all the generations until the Havis. So we search through, the, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people. We find the exact people which are relevant, you know, uh, from shame, until from shame's kids, etc., etc., until finally we're able to get um, to Avram Avinu. And even from then, it's like specifying exactly who the father was and all, all that, because we, we need to be able to divide up and, until uh, until we re- eventually get to the pearl, which will be Avram Avinu. He's the son of Yitzchak. So the, what's the purpose of going through all the descendants and all the events that happened to Esav in order to come to Yaakov? All you need to know is that there's Yitzchak. Yitzchak gave over the two kids, Yaakov and Esav. Oh, Yaakov's there, done. Esav we mentioned because we needed to get to and that's it. Why are you mentioning Esau's kids and all the different things that happened to Esau and where he traveled to? It, 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 you know, it's not really relevant. So, base. He says, regarding the events that happened to Esau, which were connected to Yaakov, for example, the brachas of Yitzchak, that Yitzchak wanted to give the bracha to Esau, and then, you know, how Yaakov uh, tricked Yitzchak and, and got the brachas for himself. So in that situation, we can say, So regarding to those in Yonim, we're able to say that Yaakov, in a sense, was hidden and mixed in the dirt of Esav. He was part of that story. And therefore, we needed to talk about Esav in order that we could eventually talk about Yaakov. Meaning is that... In order to know about that whole story, we first need to tell that our Yitzchak called Esav, and that Esav first went out to hunt, and then Yaakov got involved. So we need to also mention Yitzchak in that, uh, sorry, Esav in that situation. And even at the end of Parshish Yitzchak, which tells us the story of Esav leaving Eretz Canaan and moving to Har Seir, we can explain like the morale does that actually is relevant to the uh, to, to the yishuv of Yaakov. It's because specifically after Esav conquered Seir and dwelt there, that's when Yaakov became the sole inheritor of Eretz Yisrael. Which, this is the purpose of talking about the settlements of Yaakov and his kids, is to eventually um, talk about how he came eventually to his final and permanent. He says, 
that aside from the fact that this answer is not altogether smooth, because the mashal indicates that the pearl is hidden in the earth and must be located. So it only makes sense to say the Yaakov and Esav were connected, or at the very least, as the, uh, or as the very most, as the morale writes, there is an ear of, there's a mixture of Yaakov and Esav regarding their, their settlements. But it's not such a mixture that we need to search through the Yishuve Esav until we need to until we are able to find Yaakov. It's not mixed up. It's very clear they're very separated. These two events. We're just saying that oh, when Esav traveled there, this is something which is also relevant to Yaakov. But it's not finding the pearls. It's, we know, but even, even the story of Yitzchak and the blessings, it's not that they're mixed up within each other. It's a story that happened, and parts of the story are also relevant to Yaakov. But it, it, where do you see the mixture? You know, when we're talking about mankind from Nayakh to, to Avram, when there's tens and hundreds of thousands of people, so then there's a mixture. We, who are the people that are relevant of all these hundreds of thousands of people that were, uh, were living at that point of time? So we go through the relevant families until we find, oh, the Magalas. We're, we're searching through, we pick the relevant families, and even with those relevant families, we go through them quickly until we reach the one that we want to discuss. But over here, where's the, the, the mix? It's, these are just stories that happened. It's clear which one happened to whom. And just certain parts are also relevant to Yaakov, but why would you call it that it's mixed in and we need to separate? Where's the separation? Where's the mixture? The, 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 the mixture in a sense that it's hidden. That's what I was trying to point out. Like, where do you see that the Yeshuvah Yaakov are hidden within, within the Yeshuvah Esau? Uh, he says, but even more than this, there's a stronger question. A cause of minus told us Valufa Esav Yeshuvam Ad Malchi Adam Ashamach Lufne Malach Malach Lubinesra. It says the Pasik talks about the children of Esav and also his uh, the chieftains, and it talks about the kings of Adam until eventually the, these are the kings of Adam that ruled before there was a king for the Jewish people. It mentions all the kings until the period where the Jewish people had a king, which the first king that the Jewish people had was Shaul. So it talks about all the Malachi Adam until Shaul HaMalach, and then it says that the Malachi Adam got weaker and they stopped having kings, and then they only had chieftains. And then it goes through all the different chieftains they had um, after the Malachus stopped. But what, how is that at all connected to the Yeshuvah Yaakov? If you want to say that Ace of leaving Eretz Kanantis, Eretz Seir, has some type of, it definitely has a connection. Fine, I get it. But why is it relevant to the Yeshuva Yaakov if, if Esav had kings or if Esav had chieftains and no connection? There's no mixture and it's definitely no connection even. So that is those questions. Uh, in addition, we need to understand many details. And the connection to the to the mashal, the, the details in the mashal, and what do they mean in the nimshal? Aleph, mahim shnehin yam da'af of its What is the dik over here? We mentioned there's dirt and there's pebbles that he's searching through. What's the difference? Beis, madua mudgash kshegi amel chumagolis hiniach asa'af of asatzrayris minis asik b'magolis halachay haloi lachay move me love shemishosh minisas magolis. Kolos asks you at Rakba, why does the Medrash stress that once the king reaches the pearl, he leaves the dirt and the Tzrayrus, and he involves himself with the Margolis? That's understood. That once he finds the Margolis, and he's being involved in it, 
he would leave the dirt. Why would he be involved with the margalis and the same time be involved with the dirt? The whole purpose of searching through the dirt was to get the margalis. So, so the Medra should have said it much short, that he searches through all these things, and then when he reaches, when the king reaches the pearl, he involves himself with it, within it. This that he's not focusing on the dirt and the pebbles is, is self-understood. From the Rechus Lashon of the Mashal, it's very recognizable that even after the king finds the pearl, there needs to be a special act of leaving the dirt and putting the dirt on the side in order to involve himself in Margalis. So we need to understand what is the diik over there. Why would he need to have a special pu'ula of putting the dirt aside? The higher that would be automatic. So explained many times that in the Pirish Rashi and the Torah there are wondrous in Yanim. We see over here in the, in the Pierce Rashi in our Pasik that he Rashi actually quotes this Medrash, but he has differences. He changes certain words. Instead of writing that he's searching through the dirt, he says he feels the sand and sifts it in a sieve. This mashal, uh, this prat in the mashal of sifting it is brought in the Bracious Robin in another place. Uh, this isn't, but, but over there, that mashal is brought in a totally different style. And Rashi quotes the original medrash that we mentioned, I think it's from the Tanchuma. So, even though this prat of Kyivri Kurva is found in the Medrash, so that's probably where Rashi got it from, but it's interesting. If he's quoting the Tanhuma, why would he all of a sudden bring one detail for how the Medrash Rabbah quotes it? Uh, the Medrash Rabbah has in a totally different style. Over there, it's talking about a king that has, he's traveling and he has a pearl on his head and the pearl falls down in, into the dirt. So they start, he stops his whole entourage and they make a bunch of piles of dirt and then they bring out sifters and they go through one pile to the next pile and the third pile. And that's like the generation was to one generation to the next generation. So it's brought about the 10 generations, but you know, the, the whole mashal is brought in a different in a different, um, different style than how the Tanchuma is. So Rashi's clearly quoting the style of the Tanchuma. So why would he just bring this one detail from the, from the Medrash Rabbah? And base. Rashi also brings the two details of dirt and sreiris, just like the medrash, but he brings it differently. At the beginning, he only mentions chel, that, that the, 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 the pearl fell between the uh, dirt and he feels the, uh, the between the, and he's feeling around in the dirt. And, and, and that's all he mentions. So at the end of the mashal, he says, once he finds it, he throws away the pebbles, and he doesn't mention anything about dirt. So at the beginning, he mentions only chal, and the end, he only mentions sreiris. So what's going on over there? And Gimel, also at the end of the mashal, if you remember, the medrash brought down that once he finds the pearl, he leaves the dirt and the tzairus, and he involves himself with the pearls. Rashi says it differently. He says once he finds the pearl, 
he throws away the rocks. A, he doesn't mention the offer, as we mentioned. And the second point that the Rebbe is bringing over here is, it says throwing instead of just leaving. So, hey, the Rebbe is going to bring an explanation of Maral, the Gurari on this Rashi. Um, but uh, the Rebbe is going to ask some questions on that too. The reason why Rashi only mentions dirt does not mention dirt at the end of the mashal. Rather, at the end of the mashal, only says throwing the pebbles. Biram hamaral. Shul lefishu b'dvarav elu mefarash Rashi says tam lekachsha kosov loy diber oid meisav laachre has cholas the sipar oidus yishuvi yakiv. The morale explains that the pasuk is telling us why. Uh, sorry, Rashi is explaining to us why once the pasuk begins talking about Yaakov, it doesn't talk about Esav anymore. The reasoning is because all the future events that happened to Esav are not needed anymore. Therefore, they're like pebbles that are thrown away. Therefore, he says, these later events are called pebbles because pebbles are not mixed with the uh, pearls, um, meaning as dirt is mixed with the pearls. So those are the earlier events, the initial events that happened till Yaakov uh, got it, till the Yidin, I should say, inherited Eretz Yisrael. So those are the initial events, and they're like the dirt, so the pearls are completely covered up by them, and you've got to go through the dirt until you find the Margolias. But the later events are like pebbles, which are never mixed in. You could see the difference between a pebble and a rock, uh, and a pearl, and therefore, when you actually have a rock and it's getting in your way, you, you, you just throw it away. There never was any mix. You just throw it away because it's just disturbing. Uh, but the Rebbe says this answer doesn't is hard to understand. He says, he says, first of all, there's no chiddush in this idea that he throws away the pebbles. It's understood. Because once the Pasuk speaks about Yaakov, we don't speak about Esav anymore, is really clear from the Mashal. It says he's, he's touching and feeling the dirt, and once he finds the Magal, until he finds the Magalis. Meaning is that once you find the Magalis, you stop dealing with the dirt and the pebbles. So it's already understood. Why do you have to mention pebbles that you throw it away? We're not dealing with anything after that point in time. We found the Magalis, and now we're just, we take it out, we polish it, whatever we need to do. So that's first of all. So why mentioning what happened after we found the pearls? However, afterwards, that's like rocks, and we're not going to deal with it. Pasha. But he says, in addition to that, He says, even before we find the Margolis, there's no reason to search between the pebbles. Because according to Moral, he's saying there never was any mixture between the pearls and the pebbles. But according to the Lashon of Rashi, it says only after, once he's found the pearl, he throws away the, 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 the pebbles. So it's clear that before he found the Margolis, they are mixed in with the pebbles. And this is also very clear in the Medrash. The Medrash says that it's thrown between the dirt and between the pebbles. And once he finds it, uh, and, he's, and he's searching through the pebbles, and he's searching through the offer, so clearly... It is not talking about a much later period in time, 
where it's not uh, any more relevant and it's not mixed in with the issue of Yaakov, where the pebbles and the, and the dirt, both of them are referring to periods of time when everything is still mixed in and we need to search through them. Okay, so just to, before we get to the beer and Sivav, just to recap what we're saying until this point in time. So first of all, we brought a medrash that connects to us the events of last week's parsha, which talked about Yesav and his descendants, and this week's parsha, which talks about the different events and settlements of Yaakov. It gives us a mashal, that it's like a mashal of dirt, and Sreiris, and within this dirt and Sreiris, there's pearls, and the king has to search through the dirt and the Sreiris to find them. And once he finds them, he leaves the dirt and the Sreiris and this Asak Margal. So the question number one we had is, how is that relevant to this Esav and Yaakov? Esav and Yaakov, there's no mixture. They're, they're, they're separate of events, some of them being connected to each other, but there's never any mixture uh, between these two events. They're very clearly delineated. Uh, second thing we don't understand is, why does it have to mention about the settlements of Esav and all the kings and the chieftains after the period when the Malch, the, the Yidin gone to Eretz in addition, we just had a few diukim in the in the mashal. Why does the mashal mention dirt and pebbles? Why does it say that you leave the dirt and the pebbles once you find the margolis? That seems very obvious. Um, and then we brought a Rashi that Rashi quotes the Medrash, but has a few differences. Rashi, instead of mentioning searching through the dirt, he says he's feeling through the dirt and he's sifting it with a sifter. Rashi mentions choil at the beginning and sreiris at the end. Um, and also Rashi mentions the idea of throwing the Tzorah, he doesn't just say putting it down. And then we brought a morale, but uh, the Rebbe was not satisfied with that beer. Sivav, Abir Becholzeh, Tachlis Yeshuvah Yaakov, Eina Rakis Yashis Yaakov Ubanav Ba'artzam, Eretz Yisrael. He says the ultimate purpose of the settlements of Yaakov is not just that Yaakov and his children will settle in Eretz Yisrael. Elokavish Amar Yaakov Le'esav, Adesha Ovel Deleni Seira, but rather, the ultimate purpose is like Yaakov told Esav when they were traveling uh, after Yaakov met up with Esav in last week's parasha. He tells them, you go ahead until we'll eventually meet up in Seir. And Rashi says, when is Yaakov going to meet up with Esav in Seir? That's when Mashiach comes. As it says that we will go up to the Mount of uh, Mount Sion to judge the mountain of Esav. So the Mashal Margolis is coming to tell us this idea of Yaakov being involved with Esav until Mashiach is coming. Over here, we're not talking about, the main point over here is not just the sentiments of Yaakov as they are on their own, because if we're just talking about the settlements of Yaakov, it doesn't fit the expression that they're hidden within the settlements of Esav and his kids. They're not hidden. It's two totally different histories. It's the histories of two different kingdoms. Rather, what we're referring to is not just the settlements. What we're trying to do is we're trying, the pearl, basically, what we're trying to find is actually Mashiach, the Shlemus of this settlement, of when Yaakov will eventually arrive and Seir and also elevate and judge Seir. So we're talking about that whole uh, Yishuv, the settlements until Yaakov gets to Har Seir. But since 
this is only uh, grasped and accomplished through the Avaida with and, um, and in the settlements of Esav and his kids, as we're going to see later on. Therefore, the tax of Shlemus of Yaakov is actually hidden within Esav, because Yaakov only has his complete settlement only when he's actually within the settlement of Esav, and also only when he's working with that settlement. I Meaning, while he's there, he's actually working with Edom. Um, you know, as, as we'll explain later on, this refers to the, obviously the Yidim when they're in Golis, that part of this Yishuv, Shuvei Yaakov, is not just while we're in Yisrael and everything was going well, but actually when we had to travel through the kingdoms of Edom uh, and, and work with them, we're in there and working with them and elevating their culture. Now we can understand why the Pasik, why, why the Pasik also has to mention the Yeshuvi Esav until the periods of Malchai Adam, until Malchai Malch Adar, who was in the times of Shal. Why is that relevant? He says, because Shal was the first Mashiach Hashem. And if he was Zecha, it would have mentioned, it would have, we would have been fulfilled the promise of Alu Mashiach. So the Pasuk, in a sense, mentions, I guess, the you know the, the, the minimum amount of Yishuv that could have been possible, Api Taira. the minimum that could have happened is. Uh, the Malchei Adam, and at that point of time when Shoal became king, we could have finished the the Shuvei Yaakov, the Esav could have been completed at that, that time if we were worthy. So therefore, the Torah mentions, in a sense, the Nekudas Inyan, the main point, or the, the the fastest way that we could have reached that particular goal. Unfortunately, uh, you know, clearly that wasn't at least uh, what, what what at least Begashrins, we weren't able to fulfill that. So we continued going through the Shuvei Esav, but the Torah is mentioning the. I think the, the point, the essential idea of what it is, uh, at least I'll be proud of it, we could probably say that all the different kings and all the different things could be found throughout the ages, like the, the kings of Esav and the Lufa Esav uh, could be found throughout the history of the Jewish people. So it might have happened once, but it repeated itself. And um, especially Baruchnis, it repeated itself, because since we didn't finish the beer, we need to finish the beer now. So all those different Malche Adam and Lufa Esav were... Uh, we're still involved in, in, in purifying them. So now we can understand why the mashal tells us two details. There's the dirt and the papples. Because in the idea of search, of judging the har esav, there's two ways of searching and purifying and judging. One way is that how Esav will be purified as we know regarding many nations that they will be completely transformed to good. That then all the nations will be transformed to speak one tongue to all them to call on the name of God and to serve Him. That the Chazer will eventually become pure. So what is that referring to? That's referring to really Malchus Adam. It's referring to Malchus Adam as compared to the Chazer. We're seeing the Chazer, meaning Malchus Adam will become pure in the future. And Then there's the level of Esau, which is completely evil, needs to be destroyed. That Yaakov is the fire, and Beis Yosef is the flame, and Esav is the straw, and it will completely destroy and consume this straw, and will, none of it will be remaining 
in the base of. So these two Ifani Biru are actually similar to these ideas of the dirt and to the pebbles. The dirt covers the pearls, but it's not completely evil. On the contrary, you can actually transform it to good and you actually get some benefit out of it. Just like the klipa, which covers the fruit. But the purpose of the klipa is not just all bad, there's actually value in it because it also protects the fruit. So in a sense, the, the dirt of Asaph, which is covering over the Jewish people or covering over the sparks of holiness, there's, it's covering the holiness, but at the same time, it's also protecting that holiness until the time comes that it's supposed to be found. Meaning, I guess if the pearl was just anywhere, it could be stolen, it could be destroyed. But when it's covered by the dirt, the dirt actually also protects the pearl, which is there and makes sure nobody who shouldn't find it finds it and also makes sure it doesn't get ruined. So similarly, also Baruchnius, whatever that refers to, that the spark of holiness, in a sense, could be corrupted or it could be found by the wrong person or not being taken care of or could be utilized even for, for complete evil. I mean, that, that amount of energy, which is in the spark of holiness, if it was taken for Klippa, who could imagine the horrible things that could happen? So the dirt, in a sense, also protects it. As it says in the Pasuk, that in the future, the strangers will get up and they will uh, herd your sheep. So we see this idea of not everyone being destroyed, but being transformed for a positive use. But the rocks, it's not, it's not just something that, it's not just something which hides or, or something that just has no purpose or no value. It's worse than that. El Yaser Mizu. It's something which actually could cause damages. Pebbles could damage um, pearls. And it could damage other things that we know the Chazal uh, used in Papakama talks about the damages of Behemoth. One of the damages is that the Behemoth kicks a pebble and the pebble can go and, and, and break something. So we see that the idea of the pebbles is, 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 is an expression and Chazal idea of something which could cause damage. Um, fine. So chas. So Amos a Yasig Yaakov is a Tachlisai. Lishlay Musai Kishatukuyim Haftach of Rav Yavit Soyai de Lishma Tasaris. When does Yaakov reach his ultimate completion? This is when the promise is fulfilled of the elder will serve the younger, which is through the period of time when we will judge on Har Esav, or judge the mountain of Esav, or the residents who live on Har Esav. So the Pneumius stick a reason why Esav is called the greater one, the Rav, the greater one, and Yaakov is called the younger one, and the Shlemus of Yaakov is dependent that the greater one will serve the younger one. This is similar to what Chassidus explains, that the Adam, the human being, which is the greatest of the categories in this world, needs to come and needs to eat the chai, um, the, the, the animals, the, the vegetative, the inanimate, and only through these anyanim is a person able to survive, and he's able to do everything which is dependent on him. As Chassidus explains that within these uh, items, there's actually also sparks of Kedusha, which is even greater than the person. So by eating these things, you're able to get that energy, get that Ruchnistic energy, which will allow you uh, to live. But also Begashmis, a person needs to eat, even though these items are less than him in a sense, but that's what keeps him going. So, Adarach Zabinagel, Rav Yavit Sayer, Kevin Shashar, Esav Nailam, Shashar, Yaakov, Elchein Esav, Ubachar, 
So the Shairish Chassidus explains that the Shairish of Esav is actually greater than the root and the source of Yaakov. That's why Esav was the Bechar, because Baruch Nis is also the greater one. Um, that the source of Esav is from the world of Tayu, which is greater than the world of Tikkun, which has been Dregas Yaakov. Right? So Tayu, in a sense, reflects on powerful energies, but not contained. So it's just powerful energies, but no system to it. While Tikkun shows on system, and everything being defined and things working well, like a really good, in a sense, machine. So Tayu is the energy, powerful energies, but you can't harness it. While Tikkun is a machine which is able to harness a certain amount of energy, and everything kind of fits, but it's only a little bit of energy. So our purpose is, in a sense, to be able to combine them, that you have such a fantastic machine that can take all this energy and, and utilize it. Um, so that's the ultimate. So through Yaakov, um, purifying the sparks of holiness of Tayu, which are with, which are within Esav, and he elevates them to their source in Ruchnius, then it actually brings a elevation to the level of Yaakov, who's Tikkun, and he comes to his ultimate completion. This is an additional reason why the Pasuk mentions the kings that ruled in Edda before there was a king by the Jewish people. So earlier we said is, it's because it's to emphasize that our Yishuv is, also, is very much connected to Edom and their kings and their chieftains, because only once we, we elevate them, we're able to, in a sense, come to our completion. But now we can understand this in a much deeper way. Because this we could, through elevating the kings, we're able to understand how what happens to Yaakov through his beer of us That the Malche Edem, Api Kabbalah, is the, the root of the prior kings of the world of Tayo. So Malche Edem is really the kings of Tayo, Therefore, they ruled before there was a king to the Jewish people. Because in their source, what does mean, why, why did the Malcha Edom rule first? The reason why the Malcha Edom ruled first is because they have a greater source, and their source is earlier than the source of the Jewish people, which is in the world of Tikkun. And this actually explains like a question, like the, the, the Pashtonim asked on the Pasuk, since we, the bracha of Rav Yevitzar, that the greater one will be Yaakov, how does it make sense that Esav was the first one to have kings? Shouldn't Yaakov have been the first one to have kings? And then when he was behaving, whatever, he lost the kings and then Esav took over. But it doesn't make sense. Why would Esav have the kings first? The Yitzayar, Yaakov got the bracha, and it's only when Yaakov's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, then he, in a sense, loses his control and Esav takes over. So why would it be that Esav had the kings first? So according to what we're explaining over here up in Kabbalah, it makes sense. It's because Besharsham, in their source, really the Malche Edom came first because they were from the world of Tayu. And the job of Yaakov is to purify um, them. So this is also a lesson for the Jewish people during the time of Golas. I read the Begolas, the Prophet Golazah, Achrin, Golas Edom, Yeshuva Esau, Tadlaisav, he says the purpose of this last goddess, which is the goddess Adem, 
as which we said earlier, this is the idea of the Yeshuvah Esau Tadlaisav, is the idea of Galas. The purpose is to purify and elevate the sparks of Kedusha, which are within the Gevar and Gashmir. Through that, the Neshama is raised up even higher than its source. Because the source of the sparks is from the world of Tayu, which is greater than the source of the Nesham, which comes from Tikkun. So by the Nesham working with the sparks of Tayu, what it's able to happen is he's able to hop on and, and take that energy of Tayu and, and be elevated to it. But the Maila is that Tayu doesn't have the weight in the sense to control it. That's why it broke apart. But Tikkun having the sparks of Tayu means that it's coming with a, a well-oiled machine. You know, so if you want to put it like the, the, the ideology of youth, but with the systematic um, experience of like an older person, if you're able to put both of those things together, ideology plus having a fantastic system and getting things done, and it's not just, you know, a kid, he just talks and talks. It's ideological, but once you start having issues, it all falls apart. But imagine you can have that ideology at the same time also have the system and the rules and have the experience of uh, years and years of being a businessman or whatever else is needed. Uh, what an amazing thing. So Lavoidus Bira and Tutsis Mirbels and Chazam Mashal Hamagolis Hamashlachis Batecha Afra Batecha Tsar. So this Aveda of the purification of the sparks is hinted in the Chazal through the Mashal of the pearls which are thrown within the dirt and within the rocks. Margolis he Mashal and Nitsus Nitsus the Kedusha Shanafa Bafa Tsarus. Hamar Mashne has Sugma Dram Gashim. He says that the pearl is the spark of Kedusha which has fallen within the dirt and the pebbles, which they express two different types of Gashmis de Kazachim. Dirt is, expresses physical items which hide these sparks of Kedusha. And a Yid, through his Avaidah, he's able to separate and elevate the sparks from them and bring them up to their source. Pebbles express things which are completely bad, that therefore part, at least part of them, need to be completely removed. You can't even, you can't remove the sparks of Kedusha from these inyanim to a regular type of Aveda. The Rebbe says there is a spark of Kedusha even in Ra Gamar, Nitzah Kedusha. He says there is a spark of Kedusha because if you don't have a spark of Kedusha, then the thing would just, um, it wouldn't be able to survive because everything comes from Hashem. So there is a spark of Kedusha, but the spark of Kedusha is so hidden, you're not able to um, elevate it on your own. And these things are, have to be completely pushed away. If you look at R38, you're not able to elevate them through a regular avayda, avayda regila. So, malvayda, they tshuva and yisainas. So, what are exceptions? When a person has a situation of tshuva or a nisayan, in those types of situations, we could even be maila, the sparks of the kedusha, which are inside gimoklipas tmeas. That's also why the Rebbe said only some of them can't be elevated. Uh, the idea is that there are situations where we can elevate it, but on a you know day-to-day type of living, our purpose is not to try to do tshuva or nisayanis, but rather push them away. But he says, even after we reach the Margolis, before you can start being involved in the Margolis, you need to have a Hadama and a warning about leave the Afar. One of our questions was that the Mashal said in the Medrash 
that he's searching through the dirt and the tsrayrus. And then when he finds the magalis, he leaves the dirt and everything on the side, right? He leaves it and he's misasim magalis. We ask him, wait a second, obviously he's going to leave it. He should have cut that out. So the rabbi already told us then, it must be that in order to be misasik in the margolis, you need a special act of leaving the dirt. So what did that mean? Why do you need a special act of leaving the dirt in order to be involved in the tzairus? So the shot is like this. A person needs to show that all the Dvarim Gashmim on their own, meaning is without the Margolis, does not have any importance in his eyes. The only reason he's being involved is to remove the sparks of Kedusha, which are hidden within them. So basically, the Rebbe is trying to tell us that you need a special pula. You're searching through the dirt and you find the pearl. But if you find the pearl, but you still have, and you still consider, you know, uh, all the dirt in a sense important and all the Gashmistika things important, then you're not able to actually um, elevate that, that, that pearl. You're not able to clean it and polish it and really value it because you still also value the dirt which is within it. So you first got to remove all the dirt and put it, through, put it to the side and since expressing that it's not something that has any importance. The importance is the pearl. And then when you have that realization that's important, the pearl, then you're able to uh, elevate it. Therefore, he says, leaving the and putting the dirt to the side is relevant to removing this the um, the pearl. He says, when the physical items, when they have importance on their own. And not only are you unable to remove the spark properly, if you give importance to the Varm Gashmi, not only will you not be able to, in a sense, deal with the sparks properly and, and, and elevate them, it will actually even cause the Neshama to go even, the Neshama to go lower. So I guess like in the martial, let's say the person who's working in it, if he's like loves that dirt, all he's going to do is he's going to make himself dirty and make his uh, clothes dirty, and, but he's not actually accomplishing anything. So you just got yourself dirty and you didn't even get the pearl. It's dafka when his eating, his drinking, all his inyanim gashmim, everything that he does, is by him in a way that he leaves and he uh, the, the dirt and the pebbles, and he then he's able to elevate the sparks properly, and this causes a great iloy in the neshama. So it's actually an act; it's not something which happens naturally. Like uh, in, in our muscle, when you find the pearl, you automatically get rid of the uh, offer and the trailers. It's not so pasha because you still in the muscle because, because I guess the hell of the hest of the world, we still put importance to it. So we need to know that once we get where we need to be going, you need to um, realize the non importance. And I'm going to add something, I'm not sure if the Reb means this, maybe he does, but um, the pashtas, I, I would think that it's. Even before you start the Avaidah, you need to understand what the purpose is. That once you start, even before you're, in a sense, searching for the pearls, you need to know that the only reason you're looking for the pearls, uh, sorry, the only reason you're involved with the dirt is to get to the pearls. And once you get to the pearls, you're going to put the dirt aside. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking the mashal, the reason why it doesn't say that, you know, at the beginning, like you always need to have that, is probably because the Neshama, before it gets involved in the dirt, understands that the dirt has no value. It's only once you're involved with the dirt 
at that point, you've been involved with dirts for so long, you could start thinking it has its own importance. So once you start thinking that way, you need to know that once you find the pearl, realize that it doesn't have any importance. Don't be confused. Throw it aside, or not throw it aside according to the Medjus, that's Rashi. According to the Medjus, you put it, put it to the side. Okay, Yud. Now we can understand the difference, the differences that Rashi gives us. Because through telling us these differences, where he Rashi is hinting in the Yayin and the Chasidis, which is in Rashi, the details of the Aveda of Aveda Sapurim. He's telling us the much more savedic way of doing it. As we know, the Medrash is always telling us the hidden aspects of the Torah are hidden within the Medrash. And Rashi is teaching us Pshut Shamikra. So we're talking about the, in a sense, the Soid, which is in Rashi. Even the Soid, which is in Rashi, is in a way which is like Pshut Shamikra. It's the Pshut Shamikra of Soid. Meaning it's telling even a five-year-old child, how could he accomplish this particular Avaida? So when Rashi quotes a Medrash, he, it's obviously something which is relevant even to a beginner in his Avaida. And he tells it to in a way that even a beginner is able to uh, reach that goal. So the Medrash gives us the bigger picture in a sense what we're trying to do. And then Rashi comes and tells us, by the way, this is how you, these are the details of how to get to that. He says, the Ikra Veda of purifying the sparks is with the dirt. Because as we mentioned, the ro- these pebbles that... Um, it's impossible, it's, it's on a regular avoida, we cannot remove the Bangalas. As we said earlier, regularly avoida regila is unable to remove these sparks of Kedusha or the pearl from the pebbles. You need Yisrenis and Shuva. So therefore Rashi, again, Pshut HaShemek, he's saying the, the main thing is the Chal, because that's really what you're working on. L'chein L'chal Reish, therefore the first thing the person does is, Adam Mimashmesh V'chal, he is feeling the dirt. Yesh the mashmesh, the shah, the chapesh, makam ha, misash, amagolis, bechal. That he's the mashmesh means to evaluate and to search in the place uh, where the sparks will be found in the dirt. Volay the chapesh, the makim, benat, sreiris, shamagolis, inanim, sas, by ifen, shash, lavare. And not to search uh, between the pebbles that the sparks are not found in a way that you're able to purify it. La achmi ken, kashakvar, yesh biadabir, bechal, hinebetchila. Then afterwards, when he's already involved in elevating the, the dirt, or, or separating the dirt and the pearls. So at the beginning, everything's mixed up, good and bad, it's all mixed up. Therefore, he needs to be able to separate the sparks of Kedusha. That's the idea of putting it into the sifter. A person needs to separate between the good and the evil. He needs to be able to recognize, in other words, What's good and what's bad? What's the nitzus of Kedusha and what's the chal? So that's part of the vayda. So first thing is, you know, looking in the right place. You, you start with the dirt. You're, you're, you're starting with the dirt. Doesn't, again, Rashi doesn't word the word searching because you're not searching yet. You're not even up to that level yet of searching. and different, Searching is implying that you're, in a sense, differentiating. So that's like the general idea. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're searching for the pearls. But Rashi's breaking it down more. The first thing you do is you look in the right spot. You get to the chal. And what do you do is, um, yeah, you're, fe- you're feeling around. So you have to look at the first place. That's the first thing that you're doing. You're, you're involved in the right spot. The second thing is you've got to start sifting. Right? Part of the searching process is you sift between the good and the bad. Well, 
And then Rashi finishes off like the Medrash, similar to the Medrash, with the warning that once you find the pearl, you need to throw away the pebbles. You have to throw away the bad, the psalis and the ra. And over here he calls the chul with the name of Sreyus. Why does he change it? Calls He says, when, before he separated the good and the evil, that everything was, in a sense, all the physical items were chul. Everything that he's working on is chul. And it's hiding the spark of Kedusha. But once you put it through the sifter, so the pearls, in a sense, stay on top, and all the other stuff goes through the sifter. By removing the pearls, then all of a sudden the chul becomes like the tzreiros. Because once you remove the, 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 the sparks of Kedushan from the chul, then it's like a klipa which doesn't have the fruit anymore. You keep the klipa only as long as you still have the fruit. And then you, you, know, you work with the klipa and you remove the klipa and you take the fruit out. But once you have the fruit, then what do you do with the peels? At that point, it's not like, oh, this is such an important and valuable thing. It's protecting. It's not doing anything anymore. So at that point, you have to know, don't, don't keep this. Throw it away. It has no more purpose. And he says, uh, Similarly, when your person purifies wine, that the wine remains clear on its own, and then the shmaram, the sediment, is also on its own. 43, when Mashiach comes, it says, by the end of the Berurim, then the spirit of evil will be removed from the world. So He says, therefore, when a person is involved in Vivara, the Dvar Magashmin, to its Tachlis, that is only possible once a person comes with the approach that the Gvarim Gashmim on their own, not only they do not have any Cheshivas, which for that reason, after you find the Magolis, you put the dirt to the side, So a person, once he actually takes away the spark, he needs to realize that they have no value, the Chol on its own. And it's literally just like the Sororis. Um, and the Sreiris you just throw away because we're actually damaging. Therefore, once you find the pearls, you throw away the Sreiris. And through that, you can take the Magalas. That he ate from within, he ate the food, but the Klipa he throws away. How can you eat the teichai? That's only by this is taught. This is referring to Rameir and his teacher, Acher. Acher, unfortunately, um, it became a Balavera. So it says that Ramir would still learn from him. Why? Because he says, he, he was able to find the good which was in there, and all the bad stuff that Acher would tell him, he was able to separate and throw out. So he didn't hold on to it, he completely threw out the bad. Uh, so same, same idea over here. Sifir Aleph. Sifir Aleph is going to further explain the idea why the Medrash uses the Lashon of Hiniach, and why Rashi, in a sense, uses the expression of throwing away Mashlech. Avedis, and he's also going to explain the difference between Yaakov and the generations from Adam until Nayach and Nayach until Avram, and specifically Yaakov, in a sense, was the one who was able to do the final beer. Avedis, beer on the Tzutzah, Hachalab, Iker, Bavidasa, Shil Yaakov. 
the Avedis of Rurim began through the Avedis of Yaakov, because it was through him specifically was the main preparation of Matan Torah. Just like Pashtus, which that was the preparation for Matan Torah, as it says in many places, that began with Yaakov and his children going to tell them So also Baruchnius, Yaakov in a sense was the one that began the main uh, bureau. As we're going to explain. Because the Chiddush of Matan Torah is, The Chiddush of Matan Torah is to bring down a Lakus which is Hacha from the world. And Dafka through having an Lakus which is higher than the world, that you can accomplish the ultimate Shlemus of the Bureau in a way that you throw away the Tsrayrus. Because relative to the R which is enclosed within the world, the world does have a certain Tvisis Makim. So relative to the R the which is here, um, the, you're never going to throw away the dirt, in a sense, throw away the world, because the world was also created by Hashem, created by Elokus. So it also has value. So yes, when I'm working with the world, I realize that the main value which is in the world is that this is something that Hashem created and, and through the world I'm able to come to some connection to Hashem. But the world itself is part of that way. You're looking at the world, you're able to come to a certain appreciation of, of, of the, you know, the godless of Hashem and what He created. Yes, it might not be the same godless you come through through learning the Torah and doing the mitzvahs, which is an infinite type of connection, but through the world itself, there is some level of connection you can come. That's why even a guy can, can come and recognize Hashem through the world. But the point is that the world will always have the Tavisa Smakim because it's through the world that you're able to come to Hashem. So when you're, it says you leave the dirt of the world, it, it, just, it doesn't mean it doesn't have any value anymore. It just means that you recognize that its value is, was just, that it's the, it's the, it's the Shoima for the pre. It, it, it's, it's the klipa, it's, it's the thing that protects the fruit. It's a thing that allows you to come to the locus, but it's still something that allows you to get to there. So you put it to the side, but it doesn't, you don't throw it away. It doesn't, have, it doesn't lose all of its value relative to, to that type of pearl. Because I guess also the pearl, in a sense, is a lower level pearl. When we're talking about a lesser quality pearl, then you know, the offer has a greater um, re- uh, relative value to it. When we're talking about you throwing away the papples, that means that the Gvarim Gashmi have no value at all, therefore you get rid of it. It's nothing, it's garnished. So, specifically with this or which is Hachaf and Eilimus, that Metzid Oi, there is no Tvisas Makim, then we have the capability and the Nesinus Kayach to do this Avaida properly. And as we've seen, this is specifically Yaakov. Um, as we'll explain more in detail, but the idea is Avraham and Yitzchak, they were more about bringing Elokus into the world, but they never actually transformed the world itself. Yaakov is the first one, he goes down to Har, and even in Har, he deals with love, and deals with Esau, and he elevates the world itself to a much higher level. Yaakov is the meat of Emes, he's able to tr- put the highest levels and the lowest levels and combine them as one. So that's specifically Yaakov. This is why Rashi brings this mashal of the pearls in our parsha, even though the Medrash quotes it in Parsha Lach Lecha. Because even though Nayach and Avram also was involved in the Veda 
was able to purify the ten generations that preceded him. And similarly, and even in a greater way, Avram was able to purify the ten generations which preceded him. As we know that by the times of Avram, it began the 2,000 years of Tyre. So therefore, you know, the world is 6,000 years. The first 2,000 years is the, said the world at the time of Tayu. The next 2,000 was the time of Tyre. And the next 2,000 the time of Mashiach. So already Avram was able to tap into this Kayach of the Torah, in a sense, to bring Elikos into the world to a certain degree. So it was a greater type of beer. But it wasn't in a way that he throws the Torahs from, from his hand and he takes the pearls. Even after his beer, the world remained a Metzias. If you remember from last year, we also had that Sicha, why Yitzchak and Avram both make a shoe with, with Abimelech, that they're, that they're not going to attack each other. Right, so Yitz, Avram and Yitzchak both make a shvua and they promise this guarantee that there will be peace between the two families. But Yaakov, we said that he left Be'er Shava, specifically that he wouldn't even make that shvua. Why? It's because Avram and Yitzchak, they weren't able to purify Avimelech anyway. So therefore, the shvua was just in a sense that we be, you won't disturb us. We'd be able to focus on doing good with any, without you, in a sense, ruining it and distracting it. But Yaakov, that wasn't as avoided just not to have distractions, to separate the good. But it was also to elevate it, to elevate it, to transform the, 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 the battle which was into the world to complete Kedusha. And whatever remains afterwards just has no more value at all. Nonetheless, Rashi still brings that regarding the ten generations of Anayach and Avram, regarding this mashal, because the hint is that Yaakov can't be, he's not step one. You first need out Noyach and Abram, and then only afterwards you could do the beer of Yaakov. What's the, what are the differences? Noyach was able to affect the beer in things which are connected to the world. Before Noyach's Aveda, the world was full of robbery and, and violence, and Noyach, through his Aveda, he was able to create a new world. He saw a new world. Therefore, the bris that Hashem made with Nayach is that the world will never be destroyed. The idea being is that Nayach was able to take uh, the inherent good which was in the world and reveal it. Right? We're not talking about the or, which is hacha from the world. We're talking about that within the world itself, there is, we're able to have good societies and bad societies. And Nayach was able to uh, elevate the world that he's able to reveal the good which was in the world itself. Avram was higher. He was able to reveal godliness into the world. That he was able to call over there. He made others call by the name of Hashem. So it's not just the goodness which is in the world, but Avram Avinu was able to uh, connect the people, not just to be the best type of people in this world, but able to connect to the Creator. And yet we could say even more that even the fulfillment of the Zayimitz should not just be because that's what the Seichel of a person's Mechayev, that's more like Noyach, makes sense, but because that's the command of Hashem. So they're connecting them to something which is higher than the world. And after this, you're able to come to the beer of Yaakov, which is a preparation of Atom Tyre, that he's able to bring in Elokus, which is higher than the world. And that through this beer, it would be in the most ultimate, complete way. Because even of Ramavina, it seems like, 
his gilu lekus that was in the world still had some type of shaykhus to the world. So a, a noyach is just making the world make sense according to seichel, of, let's say, a lekus, or seichel of the world. Avram was able to go to the higher, to the lekus, which was naturally in the world. He's able to show the people within the world that there's a God. So they're connecting to the Creator. So it's not just a seichel thing. It's a godly thing to, to, to make the world a better place. But still, it's a lekus which is in the world. While Yaakov Avinu was able to reveal the lekus which is Gans and Hecha from the Bible. When you're able to reveal that world, that level, then you realize that the that the world has no value on its own. The world's entire purpose is just for the sake of the Torah and for the sake of the Yidin. Therefore, if you're able to mavire it, fantastic. But that which you cannot, uh, it just gets thrown out. And ultimately, as we know, the Mashiach comes, even that part which were thrown out, we said had a spark of Kedusha, that will also be revealed how even those parts are really also uh, Kedusha. But that's not the Arvada right now. But Yud Beis, Kashem Shechein Hil Bebirah Nitzusa Shokal Achav just like it is regarding the Birah and Tzutzis of every Yid in his Avaidah, that when he finds the pearl, he throws away the rocks. Similarly, this is the Avaidah of the Yidin in general. The Klaus idea of Golis is for the sake of Bir and Tutis through the Klaus Yisrael in any place and every time that they are found. As it says in the Pasuk that they left with a great treasure, it means as they left with all the sparks of Kedusha that they elevated from Mitzrayim. Therefore, as soon as the Zman of Golis Mitzrayim was finished, meaning is, as soon as they removed the last spark, which is in Mitzrayim, within a moment, they left. Within a, a, a blink of an eye. Why did the Yidin need to leave overnight? It was like, oh, you're leaving them tomorrow morning. Why did they have to leave so quickly? It's because as soon as they were finished, they had to stay completely there to do their Avaidah. As soon as it was done, they left the next morning. The Shiva L'chair was over. The servitude was over, and the Bnei Yisrael were living in Eretz Gleishim, which is the best of the land. Why was it so relevant that they couldn't remain there even another Moment in Gaisha. Al Shakah who say there, Biru Hanitutus, Meshash, Nimsas, Hamagolis, Miyad, Yeshlahash, Hatsrev, because this is the void of Biru Hanitutus. As soon as you find the sparks, as soon as you find the pearls, you throw away the, you throw away the Tsrevis. So that's what happened. As soon as they got everything, they threw it away and then left right away. There was no value on uh, in Gaisha on its own. Chenugam, the Gemar, Habrum, Agula, the Golis Achra. Similarly, would be is the same idea as the completion of the Biru. And the Geula of the last Golas, Golas Adam, Golas Adam, that just like Eretz Mitzrayim, we'll see wonders, meaning is just like Mitzrayim, that they left in a moment. Similarly, with our Geula, as soon as we're done, and all the Yidin will leave from all the lands where they are found in, and they will come with Mashiach to the land where Hashem's eyes are constantly there, with the Gula Mitzvah Shlema, the Karav Mamish.